You can be an artist, athlete, all-star, anything, you can be different. Don't matter if you're a girl or a boy or an alien, anything, you can be different. It's okay to be different. I like me because I'm different. Everything I do is different. I like me because I'm different. And welcome, listeners, to our first show of 2021. Woo! Woo! Oh, my goodness. We made it here. Um, We made it. Barely, but we're here. Still sitting in the fire, though. Like, you know. It's okay. We're going to be okay. It's fine. I'm I'm loving all the optimism. Did you see that meme going around? It was like, the rental period on your 2021 has expired. Would you like to renew? And it's like, no, no. I'm good. <laughs> no, already. It's like days, days with, with no bad, no bad occurrences, zero. Like yeah. already. It's okay. We're gonna make th- we're gonna make it through this, you guys. We are okay. We're gonna start this year off right. Happy note. We're gonna we're gonna get through this. We only got a few more days left of the craziness, and I'm just claiming it. We're almost here, almost there. Speak it into existence, Fran. Yeah, I'm claiming yeah. it. We're daily. manifesting. We're burning sage daily. <laughs> We're burning sage daily. Not the white oh, sage, oh, the green sage. I'm sorry, I just had to put that in there. Welcome in, welcome in, y'all, to RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania. Mania, 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 mania. Yes, heard every Wednesday at 11 a.m. on WRIRLP 97.3 Richmond FM Independent Radio. I messed it up. It's okay. It's okay. It's whatever. New Year. I rewrote it because I'm like that. That's me. Yep. And it's fine. It's fine. Because we're doing some new stuff. New Year, new me, new station ID. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure that he's going to enjoy that um, as well as the station, which is WRIRLP 97.3 FM Richmond Independent Radio. (laughs) I like that better. You know, that's my duty. Anyway, we're really stoked about our first guest of 2021. We like to do our check-in with this fine gent every couple of months. And so we will let him introduce himself as usual. Hey, everybody. It's Jason Kemris, superintendent of Richmond Public Schools. And I'm very, very excited to be back and honored to be your first guest of 2021. Yay! Also, I need to go ahead and make you like um, your little jacket because yes. it's definitely been five times. Like, there's yeah, no absolutely. question. Definitely got a green coat at this point. I'll make it out of I'll make it out of construction paper. Hmm. <laughs> or how about like old masks? Oh, like <laughs> I got plenty of those. <laughs> no, I was I was folding laundry the other day, and you know I have it's like t-shirts and masks. And I, was just, <laughs> I was just looking at it, and I'm like. If someone had shown me this a year ago, they would have thought I was insane. <laughs> Literally. And yet, yeah. here we are. We've been, Fran and I collect them like fashion pieces. We might as well at this point, you know, make them cute. <laughs> yeah. Hey. But so many, like I'm doing mask laundry and regular laundry, but yeah. hey, it's. That's, um, that's probably know. the right way to do it. I probably should separate them out. I always do. I don't know. I'm just a weirdo that way, but um. <laughs> But, you know, um, oh, I, I wanted to say something, uh, Fran, I saw something in a tweet today that I thought was relevant and that it's not like um, learning to live in a new world. It's learning to live with new possibilities in your, in your positivity, starting off 2020 with positivity, despite, you know, the sedition. Yes. Um, 
<laughs> that pesky little thing. Uh, yeah, I, th- I saw that today and thought of you and I was like, all right, well, let's just say that. Let's, you know, research some new possibilities and maybe, you know, we can talk about some new possibilities for RPS because. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Make sure that you remind me of this like next week. I yeah. probably will need it. It's when we're, we're crying. Yep. It's fine. <laughs> Just it's remind totally me. fine. Everything's cool. Um, nothing's wrong. But with RPS, things are constantly probably evolving for y'all and learning how to, you know, keep things fresh and, you know, uh, falling into routines too, I guess, uh, when it comes to virtual learning. Can you give us a little bit of an update on what this first semester has been like? Yeah. Well, first, you know, it's it's interesting. It's both been completely surreal and now it has become routine, which is kind of amazing to think about that, you know, six months ago, we shifted from an in-person school system into a virtual school system and pulled it off when a lot of people didn't think we could. Um, And, you know, it it was hard and crazy and tough, um, but we did. And I think that's a testament to our teachers and our bus drivers and nutrition workers and everybody else. Um, And now I think we've settled into a a pretty good routine. Obviously, we would love to be back in person, but I think one of the things I've heard from families and from teachers that they really appreciate about how we've approached this is that we've sort of been in, in the front of the line, so to speak, in terms of making decisions, and then we've stuck with them. And that's provided a lot of stability. I've heard from families like, you know, and this is no shade on anybody else. Every division has to do what they what they need to do for their constituents. But I think folks have appreciated just knowing what the plan is and that we're sticking with it. I think when folks experience kind of going back and forth and you're in person, you're not in person, half in person, it's just been really difficult for families and teachers to, to organize their lives. So I do think that's been one of our strengths. And then look, you know, the, the entire RPS team has just stepped up in huge ways. You know, on, on March 13th, when we closed, I don't know, we had like maybe four, 5,000 Chromebooks. Today we have 25,000. Uh, you know, we've given out 8,000 hotspots. We've delivered over 2 million meals. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty staggering when you look at the numbers. And uh, I'm just, just incredibly proud of the entire RPS team for stepping up in, in, in these ways. And then, you know, the, the numbers don't do justice to how our teachers have reinvented themselves. And I mean, I've, I've had the chance to pop into some of these classrooms. And I mean, uh, this morning I was in a, um, a classroom at Lucille Brown. The, the teacher does like a radio show every morning with her kids. She's like an aspiring DJ and she just like brings in current events and oh, I love that. Like, I mean, it was incredible. Um, I'm in shock and awe. What? Yes, and like the kids were engaged and interested. I mean, it was it was mind blowing. Um, and like I, I, I you know, I'm mind sure. blown. <laughs> um, you know, look, obviously this is very hard, and and you know, virtual is not good for everybody, and we know there are a lot of challenges, but you know, given your your comment at the beginning, I think we really need to focus on what good is coming out of all of this and, and what the opportunities are and, and celebrating the incredible work that people have been doing. Absolutely. Shout out to that teacher. That is yeah. big. 
Yeah. Now that that is definitely bringing something new into the classroom and living it up to a new a new standard where COVID is just changing everything. And that's yeah. a that's a big that's a big thing because my mom's a school teacher and she has all all of the teachers I'm sure um, have had their challenges with this, but digital learning is not something that you know unless you set out to do that in your classroom right that has been an adjustment for everyone sure and so to be able to embrace that and have students engaged there are a lot of students that struggle with not wanting to do that not wanting to have their cameras on not wanting to you know really be in that space to find a teacher that's connecting with their students that's found a way to uh, really make it fun right during a time when this is a very challenging space too for the students, right? In so many different ways, right? Absolutely. Um, that's applaud. That should be applauded. That is awesome. Yeah, and you know, it's it's impressive enough to see teachers changing how they work on the academics, but but to see it on the relationship front too is is really extraordinary. You know, to be able to develop those connections with your 24 third graders over the screen virtually um, is is incredible and and, you know and then we've got teachers who are you know sending postcards to kids and dropping off things at their homes and and trying as much as they can to make the human connection and um and you know one of the other things we started this year in response to covid which will do going forward is every class every morning we start with a community circle just to build that space of community and relationship, which is so important right now, but we know it's important all the time for kids. And so, you know, this is one of the things that I'm excited going forward that we'll be able to continue and build on. I was wondering how uh, special ed is being dealt with, you know, especially since there are a lot of kids that need, um, you know, one-on-one attention and maybe virtual isn't the best option. Like what is going on with that? Yeah, that, that certainly serving kids with, with special needs is, is certainly one of the trickiest parts of virtual. I think it's important for folks to remember, you know, there's a really broad spectrum of kids with IEPs. You have some who, you know, just get speech therapy or maybe some occupational therapy. And then you have kids which have significant learning disabilities. And so for the majority of, of kids with IEPs, um, the virtual setting um, has worked. There is a minority, as you said, that have one-to-one support. For those cases, we have offered where families are comfortable to provide that um, actually in home. Um, and so a number of families have taken us up on that. Some are not comfortable given, given the virus, understandably. And so we've done the best that we can uh, with virtual instruction. But, you know, I've, I've seen um, really incredible uh, teachers do virtual instruction with kids with significant learning disabilities. It's, it's really been quite remarkable leveraging the technology um, to their advantage. Look, we would love for it to be in person, uh, which is why we offered uh, that one-to-one support in person, but where we can or, or families prefer not to, um, teachers have really stepped up uh, to provide to provide the services that, that kids deserve. That's a really big piece, I think, of probably one of the questions that people have. Another big question for students that have special needs or that students that have special needs is a bigger is a big question what about some of the kids that are still struggling in terms of they may be the parents at home you know 
there's so many challenges right now with getting kids when kids were coming to school you had you know attendance was the issue right and so you could maybe send someone home or make a call home what the kid whatever the case may be now you have kids that are you know at home and if the parents are working or most most people if they still have a job yeah. have gone returned back to work you may have students the older students and some are very young even are left in charge of you know being responsible the younger for, ones, yeah. yeah the younger ones mm-hmm. um how is the school kind of uh handling that with helping you know families deal with those types of issues if there is a way or some type yeah. of program or, or outreach with that yeah. It's a really important point. And, and what's been interesting is our biggest attendance challenges normally are with our middle and high schoolers. But this year, it's with our elementary kids. And it's exactly for the reason you noted that if you don't have adult supervision through no fault of a parent, like they're working or whatever the case may be, it makes it harder for those kids to get on and stay engaged and that sort of thing. Um, so that's why we, you know, we worked with the city to set up the five child care centers, which are now up and running. By the way, they still have capacity. So if folks are interested in utilizing those, they can just go to our website for all of that information. Also, if there's anyone out there looking for a job and they could serve as one of the kind of facilitators, um, you should uh, reach out as well, because I know, for example, um, the YMCA and others are looking for more staff. So that's an opportunity for families as well to, to earn some money. So that's that's number one. Number two, we um, launched this um, this new initiative this year of, of, we call them family liaisons. Basically their whole job is to be out in the community helping families with whatever challenges that they have. And they're, they're split up um, into regional hubs um, to support uh, you know, rather than a specific school, more it's about specific neighborhoods. So you can support the whole family. And they're out there every day knocking on doors, um, obviously with masks and all the precautions, but helping families, you know, is it a tech issue? Is it a supervision issue? Um, is it a housing issue? You know, we have a, an increase in homelessness uh, during COVID-19. I mean, and it's incredible. Some of our young people who are hopping from hotel room to hotel room, but they got their Chromebook and they're signing on and they've got their hotspot from RPS. And I mean, my God, it's, I've always been in awe of our students, but I am especially so uh, during this time, how so many of them are just rolling with everything that COVID and life has thrown at them. Obviously um, not everyone is rolling with it. And so, you know, it's why we are, uh, you know, trying to invest in even more supports. We've put more money this year into um, social, emotional, and mental health supports with uh, uh, Child Savers, Stop Child Abuse Now, RBHA. We've spent over $2.5 million this year to expand the services that they provide. We'll probably do even more next year, uh, depending on how much we get in the, the federal stimulus, so that families are getting all those wraparound supports that they need. But it's also why, you know, housing programs, job programs, nutrition programs, like all of these things are actually school 
related things. So the more we do to get people back to work and their housing stable, all those things, that has a direct connection to how kids do in school and in life. So, you know, really trying to advocate across the board for all of those services. Well, I know it's only January, uh, but, you know, seniors are looking forward to college prep and graduation. So what's that front look like for RPS? Yeah, so we are focused on graduation like a laser. I mean, this is absolutely critical uh, that we um, keep that number going up. I do want to note, I know there's been a lot of discussion about our graduation rate over the last few years, and I do want to clarify some some misinformation that's out there. So our rate did fall uh, after my first uh, 18 months uh, in the job. And, and that's because, and, and I was pretty blunt about this, we were, we were giving out diplomas we shouldn't have been giving out. We were rubber stamping things that shouldn't have been. And, and look, that's not fair to kids. It's, it's, it's not the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we want our diplomas to mean something. And so we stopped doing some of the things that RPS was doing, um, and that led to a, a drop in the rate. And, and we knew that was going to happen. Right. Um, I, I do want to note though, since then, we have begun to rebound and only up by about a point, but we're on the way back up, but I would say legitimately so now. And it remains obviously way too low. And, and one of the biggest concerns is our English learner population. Um, the graduation rate for our young people who, who do not speak English as their first language is unconscionably low, and, um, but, we're, but we're tackling it. So let me just tell you about a few things. We started uh, this year something called the Newcomer Academy, which is basically a kind of alternative educational experience for kids who have been in the country less than a year and don't speak English as their first language. And, and that's important because, you know, basically what we're doing, let's say you're a young person, you uh, just immigrated from Honduras, don't speak English. Maybe you're supposed to be in 10th grade, but you've only had a seventh grade education. We drop you into George with and say, good luck. And then we find out, you know, three months later that you drop out. And that shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. Um, I don't know how I would manage that. And so, you know, What's the, the saying? If you keep doing the same thing and expect different results, that's the definition of insanity, right? Yeah. So, and basically that's what we were doing. So we have created this uh, academy for those young people. And we have bilingual staff. We have explicit uh, courses in, in the academic vocabulary that kids need to be successful, flexible hours, all kinds of things to make the transition smoother for them and their families, wraparound services, connections to uh, social supports. Um, we already have now over 200 kids are now in, in the Newcomer Academy. We're hoping to expand it to middle school next year as well. Um, and I think that's going to make a dramatic difference for graduation rates, um, particularly a couple of years down the road, because what we're doing now, what that means is we're curbing the dropout rate. And that will then show up in future graduation classes. We also though, um, are going after the dropouts. So we started a program called Punganas, uh, which means with determination in Spanish, where we have night courses, all kinds of flexible scheduling for kids who've dropped out to come back in, get their diploma. 
And, you know, folks should know getting a GED is not the same as getting your diploma. The, the pay and higher ed opportunities for someone with a diploma are much better than, than with a GED. So we really want to get kids back in uh, graduating. And, and one of the ironies of the virtual environment is in some ways that works better for kids who are struggling with the normal, you know, eight to three kind of vibe. And so one of the things that we're thinking a lot about is how do we keep the best of the virtual environment for kids that are thriving in it um, so that we can, you know, meet their needs, whatever they are, and, and stop treating all kids as if they're all exactly the same and they all need the exact same thing, which they don't. Um, and I think any, any parent and any educator knows this. Some kids thrive in one situation, don't in another. And so being responsive to that is, is really critical. That's a great point. That's a great point. To, to follow up on that, I think one of the other things that comes up a great deal when we talk about graduation rates also would be the literacy, early, early literacy, and how your administration has tackled that. Because we all know if a child doesn't learn to read by third grade, they're in trouble. Yeah. Um, and you set out very early to just really tackle that as a, uh, a major thing to really put a dent in that. And how has COVID kind of affected that plan or maybe that plan has maybe morphed or changed, had to change or adapt with the in-person uh, option kind of not being there for yeah. early, um, early ed? Yeah, I mean, first, yes. Early literacy is so important. I mean, it's the gateway to everything else. Um, no kid wants to be in fifth grade and feel like they can't read when their peers are reading. That just breeds all kinds of negative outcomes. Um, so yeah, we, we've invested a lot of not just money, but also effort into supporting teachers and kids. Um, added dozens of, of reading specialists adopted an early literacy science-based reading curriculum that gives kids, you know, the key skills that we know are what work. You know, the teaching of reading is one of the most studied things in education. And I, I think a lot, of, a lot of people just, you know, through no fault of their own think, oh, I learned to read so I can teach reading. And that's, that's not exactly right. There's, there's a lot of complexity to it. So the other thing we've started doing is um, paying for training for teachers to go through to, there's literally programs that teach you the science of reading. And it's kind of mind blowing, but a lot of teachers don't learn that in their teacher prep programs. So we're taking on that responsibility to make sure they have that training. Um, ultimately, I want RPS to be a place where you literally cannot teach unless you've had the science of teaching reading as part of your training. And if you haven't and you want to come teach her, then you have to go through that as like a, a prerequisite to have the honor of teaching here in RPS. Um, you know, I will say COVID has certainly been a, a gut punch on, on some of that work um, just because it's harder to do um, a lot of that instruction over the screen. Um, it's hard to um, have kids come back online for one-on-one -on -one or small group uh, instruction, which if you were in your classroom, you would just have your choice centers and you'd pull your small group and it's very simple. But, you know, once you have a, uh, an eight-year-old log off 
for a little bit, it's hard to have them log back on. So there, there are certainly challenges, but um, it's why we are continuing to invest in early literacy supports. Um, we'll be jumping into budget season real quick right now, adding even more reading specialists and looking at more instructional time next year, uh, possibly a year round calendar to provide kids with kind of a booster shot of instruction going into next year and, and, and maybe continuing on after next year. Um, you know, a lot of our kids were behind before COVID. And so we have a lot of work to do. Um, would also offer opportunities for even more teacher pay. So looking at really putting everything on the table, how do we come out of this leveraging the moment to, to be bold for our kids and, and putting everything on the table. Well, uh, speaking about budget season and you've got, you've got a couple of new uh, school board members to deal with, you know, it's always new personalities, new goals, new agendas, you know, when folks come in, what are you looking forward to partnering with school board on to get done uh, before this school year is out? Well, yeah, you know, I, I think it's always exciting to have um, new perspectives on the board. I think the more perspectives we have, the the, the stronger we get. There's always, um, you know, new ideas that are are helpful. You know, I, I hope that we can um, continue on the path that we're on. I think it's a really good path. I think our strategic plan is a great one. It was unanimously adopted and really built by the community. So uh, I hope we can push forward on that, respond to COVID-19, um, and um, incorporate um, some of the, the fresh ideas that, that new folks are bringing as well. So, you know, I think it's a, we need to think about this as a both and opportunity. Um, and, you know, also it's just an opportunity to begin to forge new relationships and, and new connections. And I think that's always a good thing um, in the work that we're doing. So- with that being said, what do you look forward to in the future? What do you forecast being, you know, your next big steps for RPS? What would you like to see happen? COVID has really, you know, put a, <laughs> uh, I don't know, a doorstop yeah. in, in many of so many things that, um, you know, even what we, saw in the strategic plan, what we wanted to see for RPS and so many of our students. If you had a magic wand, what would you like to see happen? And I know at the, probably at the top of the list is to see some happy faces walk into those new brand new buildings that are sitting the way, there right now. River City Middle is beautiful. I actually yes. had the opportunity to drive by it the other day and I was like, dang, I used to live behind the old Elkhart. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, it was a total mind blower uh, driving by it and I really gotta hope kids get to go in there and see it soon um, I, they will I'm sure but I know that's at the top of the list but you know what would um what would you like to see you know happen I know that you know rezoning kind of you know ended up being very much so a little flop on us but you know we didn't really get the slam dunk for you know our kids that we need in Richmond for that. But, you know, what, what, what else, what else would you like to see happen if there, if, if we could, even if it, if it is or is not COVID affected or connected? 
Yeah. Well, I mean, a, a couple of things. One, I am really excited about thinking differently about the school year and how long it is and when it runs and having breaks in the middle where we do enrichment and interventions and uh, leverage community partners. So I think we have an opportunity just to be really bold about, about the school year. And we don't have to, you know, necessarily go day after Labor Day till the first week in June and just do things same old, same old. I think as tough as COVID has been, I think it's given us an opportunity to step back and say, you know, if we're able to put up a virtual school system in no time flat, well, what else can we do? So um, I'm really excited about that. I'm really excited about leveraging the best of, of virtual. So, um, you know, there's no reason anyone should ever be suspended and sitting at home doing nothing ever again. They, sh they could be in a virtual class. Um, kids sick, uh, you know, not sick, but if you, you know, broke your leg and you're at home right now, we, um, have a few teachers that we can send out to you, but it's not really great. Why can't you just join a virtual academy? Uh, so I, I think we need to use the best of what this year has brought, take the, the silver linings and then make them permanent. So that's one of the things I'm really excited about. Um, you know, all of our classes right now are hosted on Google Classroom, and there's no reason they couldn't be next year, too, even in person. And one of the benefits of doing that is it makes things a lot easier for parents and teachers and kids to know what are my assignments, when are they due. You have to worry about kids writing things down in their notebook. It's like all right there. You can see it. It's easy to turn in. I mean, it's 2021. We, we should be doing that anyway so i feel like there's this technology. what's that who knew it took for a virus to bring us into the yeah. 21st century yeah so i'm excited about that and then you know on the strategic plan we're not gonna be able to do everything on the timeline that we had hoped that's just the reality and i think we need to accept that with covid it it, it has um caused us to pause on some things but i am excited about getting back to um one of the, the key pieces of the plan, which is the themed high schools and middle schools. We've started with um, Henderson and MLK with STEM academies, which we launched this year, even virtually. I'm excited to get the kids back in person. We have these beautiful STEM labs that we've been putting in place during the, during the closure that kids will be able to access. Um, I'm excited to think about as we build a new George Wythe. Um, you know, it's George Wythe is technically called the George Wythe high school for the arts. Well, what if we like really made it the George with high school for the arts? And it was like one of okay. the leading, leading performing arts schools in the country, right? And we build it with dance rooms and recital rooms and digital video production rooms. And like, it became this Mecca of arts uh, in the Richmond region. And that's how we, tackle some of the school integration pieces by then drawing kids from all over the city. You don't have to live in the WIT zone, but if you're excited about arts, you come there and then you go to WIT. You oh go to WIT. Yeah. And then, you know, maybe we take Armstrong and we turn it into the, you know, biotech and engineering high school where we use its proximity to MCV and other things to really blow out the programming for that. And if you're really excited and interested in that, you come there. So I'm really excited about continuing that work. We also have this property 
on the south side, which uh, was, was donated to us from Altria, this massive old um, tobacco manufacturing uh, plant, which we're talking with some partners, J. Sergeant Reynolds, the city, about creating um, a complex which would have a high-tech green jobs high school with J. Sarge co-locating like an associate's degree to pr program with a workforce development program from the city, like all in this one spot on the south side in a great location. Um, that would be another option for our kids to get them high wage, oh. high demand jobs and a path to wealth generation with an associate's degree so they could not just work in these fields, but then own these businesses in management, so on and so forth. So that's what I'm really excited about over the next, you know, four or five, six years to really build that out. I think, you know, that's our pathway to greatness and integration and higher achievement and, um, you know, having jobs and careers that, that lead to middle class and above. Yes. Optimism. Yes. <laughs> yes. Good. I want to go to school. I want to go to school. I want to go back to school. <laughs> can I wind it back? Can, man, that'd be so cool. Well, so normally around this time, you guys would be gearing up for lobbying and, you know, going to the GA and saying, give me some money. Uh, <laughs> what are your plans with that this year? Like, how does that work virtually? Do you like mask up and go stand in front of the <laughs> thing? What, like, what do you do? Well, I think it's going to be a lot of uh, virtual activities this year. Um, I actually think in-person stuff won't even be allowed. So, um, you know, I'm really excited. We have um, my, my high school student council is putting together a whole advocacy campaign, um, which we're gonna launch real soon. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing that we need to raise awareness around is, you know, a year ago, the, the Virginia State Board of Education put out new guidelines for what they think schools in Virginia should have. Uh, particularly if you have high levels of poverty, how many teachers, how many counselors, how many social workers, and so on. It's up to the General Assembly to fund that. Um, and so there's a lot of energy now with um, new leadership in the General Assembly to begin to tackle that. Now, obviously, this is a, this is a tough year financially given COVID and with state revenues down. Um, but I am hopeful that over the next couple of years, next couple of sessions in the GA, they're, they're able to begin to chip away at meeting those new standards that the Board of Education put out. Our own state said this is what's needed. Now it's time to, to fund it to make sure that kids get, get what they deserve. So Jason, I like to surprise Fran with all kinds of weird music and stuff. And so... Yes, she does. <laughs> It's always a blast. Uh, is there a song or anything that like speaks to you uh, that you uh, have kind of gotten you through these COVID times? Um, well, honestly, my my two boys come up with their own songs. Um, they would be very upset with me if I tried to convey any of them to you. But um, yeah, they're they're. It's been fun to spend a lot more time. Uh, around them since there aren't a lot of events I can go to right now. I've been able to hang out with the boys a lot more and they come up with these crazy quirky things. Um, and we have uh, songwriters in the house. We do have songwriters in the house. Yes, absolutely. Um, and um, yeah, so they, they keep me laughing and 
keep me grounded and um, keep me focused on, on what matters. And at the end of the day, that's, that's kids, uh, my kids, your kids, everyone's kids. And, um, and Fran, as you said, like the thing I'm looking forward to the most is just being able to see kids and give them a high five and give them a hug and, and just see all that human connection come back to life. Um, you know, I have this picture in my office. I'm looking at it right now um, from when I first got here and I was visiting Broad Rock and a whole bunch of um, kindergartners came up and gave me a big hug. And um, it, it just seems like it's from another universe now when I look at it, the idea of, of like having that kind of human connection. And so that's, that's what I'm looking forward to being able to rebuild all of that. And um, I think everyone's going to cherish it a lot more now that it's been taken away. And um, I know our teachers are looking forward to it, our families. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I know it's hard. And I think the next few months are going to be even harder. I think we're gonna see the toll of COVID spike even more before the, the vaccine really gets out to everybody. Um, but I do believe um, bright skies are ahead and, um, and uh, I really don't think there's anything we can't do at RPS. And I think the last, last year has shown that, that when tested, we can, we can stand up and, and succeed and lead and, and be really proud. So I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to 2021. Yes, 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 yes. All right, friends. Well, it's always so good to see you. Good to see you too. Thank you so much. Um, take care. Thank you. Keep in touch and let us know. Uh, you know, yes. if any developments, we can always Sounds pop you into an episode. Sounds good. Thank you guys so much. Take care. You're Be welcome. Safe. Thank you. Be safe. All right. It's closing time. We made it, y'all. We made it. We made it. It's the world is burning around us, but we're here. We're here. <laughs> we're here. Like, we just don't know what's going to happen from day to day. <clears throat> and when people are like, you know, 2021, it's a brand new year and everything. I'm like, yes, it is. But there's still crazy pants going on. And every day is a hyperactive news cycle, like every day. And it's a lot uh, for people to take in. It's a lot for kids to take in. Because imagine, imagine being like, I don't know, eight and seeing this crazy pants mess on TV where people are, well, being seditious, learning what the word sedition even means. It's a, it's a big thing. It's a, you know, it's a lot to take in for adults. Imagine. Imagine being a kid in a government class right now. Yeah. My son, my son is in a class and the government class is learning and they, they cover current events. And he said, mom, we've got some pretty avid Trump supporters in my class. And when we covered this event, he was like, I thought that these, like that day in class, like they were describing like their pit bull puppy had died or something. He was like, it was really strange. And I was like, well, everybody's perspective is a little bit different. And I, and I, I sat down, I had, I had to have a conversation with him. Like, you know, and I think, I think you asked me a couple of weeks ago, you're like, what do you want to talk about? Like on some of these shows, like let's, let's start planning our shows for the quarter. And I was like, we got to talk about mental health. Yeah. Because the kids are going to be okay. And I, I think they are like, 
because and some of them are you know they're they're gonna be okay but like yo like are the adults okay are the adult right like a lot of us are struggling with grasping reality right now oh yeah like in my mind you know I have such a problem with people who have supported um, insurrection calling for unity without any sort of justice. And like, in my mind, I can't rectify that. Um, No, I I don't want to just let it go and and be unified. We need to have some sort of justice. What sort of. um, We need to talk about this. What sort of. Yeah. What sort of. Talk about this crazy stuff, man. Like people. What sort of example are we setting for children? For future generations who want to be president, who want to be senators and congressmen. But not just that, like, before we even get to that conversation, it's like, there are people that believe that this is okay. Oh, well, that it's ordained by God, Francesca. We need to check on them. We do. Oh, Lord. Like, that's a thing. Like, they need to be checked on. They need to be checked in. That's a thing. It's a thing. Like, anyway. Well, a lot of it, you know, some people will say political ideology isn't a mental illness, but don't you feel like it's it's connected? It's hand in hand. Like we have such a stigma in this country on mental health and mental illness that we just let some crazy mess run rampant out of control and people are totally unchecked. You know, people are in this QAnon cult craziness. A lot of boomers up in this QAnon cult. I read I've read those a lot of these tweets and I'm like, you know, it's a lot going on. But I was in the store and this lady was um I you know, I mind my my thing has been all last year and I started this year with the two. I'm minding my business and drinking my water. That's me. And I was in the store and this lady was reprimanding her kid and she was like, You have just been losing your mind lately. I don't know what's wrong with you. And I, I stopped and I the, the kid just wanted like just just the kid just wanted to just like play with this damn thing it was like one of them little like you know those little hand sticky things that are connected to like the little just like a a long thing and they just like you flip it and it sticks to something yeah Mm -hmm. the kid just wanted to play with that and I was like yo it's a dollar like let the kid play with it like it's in the store like if you don't buy it like the world's gonna be okay if it's if it's less sticky for the next person like it's fine let the kid play with it like who gives like who cares right that's a small thing especially like it for for what that for what we're going through right now like let that kid play with that damn thing like who cares right and so the lady she was like you know I just don't but it was the way that she was like flipping out and I knew that she was the lady was probably having a bad day. I mean, it was so many things. And I just, I stopped and the kid was like, the kid just started crying. And then the mom started crying. Hmm. And then I started crying because I knew that, yo, everybody is just like over it. And I went over, I had my mask on and I was like, Hey, and I was like, it's going to be okay. And I was like, nothing about any of this is normal. Nothing that about any of this is normal but it'll be all right and I don't have to know what it is it's just I just know nothing about whatever is happening is normal no but we're we're gonna be all right we're all struggling to keep our humanity yeah and the mom was like thank you so much for saying that she's like 
I'm just struggling. And I was like, but please understand that your kid is too. Like, you know, we're all like going through it. Mm-hmm. Let the kid play with the thing and like, it's fine. So, you know, we'll, we'll get there. So anyway. It's so much. Check on each other. It's yeah. so we're just going to keep saying that. I think that's probably going to be a mantra this season of this show is mm-hmm. check on each check other. On your friends. Yep. Check on your friends, check on your acquaintances, your coworkers, whoever, your family, mm-hmm. check on them. You know, even if you got a little rift going, you can sneaky sneak check on them. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. just know, you know. Because people, people can. are dealing with, everybody's dealing with stuff. Like it's, Nothing about what we're going through right now is normal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nothing about it's normal. <gasps> With that being said, folks, you know what time it is. Flint still has dirty water. And so does New Jersey. And probably half of uh, all of us probably do now. Yeah, who knows? Probably who knows? I don't know. RPS was fully funded last year, but uh, we're going to need that and then some and then some to infinity and buzz light year and beyond and beyond where budget seasons around the corner talk to your council person yep talk and to you your got some new ones now so. yep talk to your school board members about what you want to see for the you know for them to you push some new ones of them too you know yep go talk to them and uh you know it i know it and if you didn't know it go refer back to them shenanigans that we just saw at the capitol Richmond is still racist, but we're working on it. And apparently, <laughs> they all over the country, flaming crazy, yeah, scaling the walls and running through the halls with Confederate flags acting a fool. But I can't kneel in peace. That's so offensive, Francesca. That's okay. <laughs> They'll be all right. <laughs> oh well. Gonna make it after all. <laughs> Reading rainbow. Anyway. Anyway. So talk to you every Wednesday this year. This is where we'll be. Yep. Right here. With positive thoughts. Positive thoughts. We're going to try real hard. Bing. Yes. Can you you feel us smiling through the radio? You can't see us, but we're holding our dimples in. We're smiling really hard. Yeah. You should start conversations with us across all social media at RVA Dirt yep. so that we can talk about these things and so we can all check on each other. Yep. Check on your friends and don't drink the whole bottle of wine at one time. I'm going to try real hard. Save I got council tonight, you know. Tomorrow. You know how I am with my heavy pours on council night, but save one for tomorrow and the next. Coping Mechanisms by Melissa Vaughn. <laughs> A, a hefty pour of Sauvignon Blanc. A, a hefty pour. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. Peace. You are not the same as me, and I am not the same as you. We like doing things different. We can still be friends too. You are not the same as me, and I am not the same as you. We like doing things different. We can still be friends too. Different people, some are tall, some are short Some like music and some like sports Some talk less, some talk more I like animals and I like art I like pink and I like hearts I like rap and I like guitars And I like bikes and I don't like cars But it's okay if you're not like me And you like doing different things
Cause I like me, and you're cool too And lots of different things to do So if you meet somebody different Respect the way they are Respect each other's differences And you can be a star it's okay to be different. I like me cause I'm different. Everything I do is different. I like me cause I'm different. You are not the same as me. I am not the same as you. We like doing different things. We can still be friends too. It's okay to be different. I like me cause I'm different. Everything I do is different. I like me cause I'm different. You are not the same as me. I am not the same as you. We like doing things different. We can still be friends too. You can have black skin, white skin, brown skin, anything, you can be different. You can have red hair, blue hair, green hair, anything, you can be different. You can be an artist, athlete, all-star, anything, you can be different. Don't matter if you're a girl or a boy or an alien, anything, you can be different. You can have black skin, white skin, brown skin, anything, you can be different. You can have red hair, blue hair, green hair, anything, you can be different. You can be an artist, athlete, all-star, anything, you can be different. Don't matter if you're a girl or a boy or an alien, anything, you can be different.